0: Listening to Obstacle Races New Zealand, join your hosts Max Bell and Stephen Steady as they explore the realms of obstacle sports, including OCR, mud running, adventure racing, hybrid racing, ninja and more, in New Zealand and abroad.
1: One year, Max, we've been doing this, not as probably as uh, vigilantly as we first planned, but uh, we've got through 18 episodes, 19 episodes.
2: Yeah, I think this is the 19th, this one mm. here. It's exciting and crazy that
1: yep I've
2: been going one year. It's cool. Learned a lot. Yeah, like 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 you said, just the not as we did. We did have a plan to release an episode every three three weeks, was it?
1: Yeah, two to three weeks. So we're not. We can't be that far off at 19, and potentially we could have had 24 out. So we're a little <laughs> bit there.
2: But I think it is good we've been going <laughs> for a year, though, because that's it is hard to maintain that enthusiasm. Yeah, and the amazing. That's one thing I've noticed. Sorry, something I noticed with other podcasts too. It's like sometimes I'll search for a topic and I'll find, you know, 10 podcasts, 20 podcasts on this topic, and I'll start clicking through them. And so, so many of them are just five episodes, two episodes. Like, obviously, someone's been really excited and they've just gotten sick of the grind of making it. Um, making but it's, it's hard it. to keep going,
1: yeah. Yep, yeah. Well, I actually looked for one today. Uh, Lindsay Webster put it on her thing about um, – how she's changing from OCR to trail running, the Sky, the Sky Series. And she was on a podcast of a friend of hers called Run Far, Lift Heavy. And I had a look at that. And uh, she's been going for, for two years, but she's only got like 17 podcasts. She does a heap and then does nothing. Does a heap, does nothing. At least mm. we have been reasonably consistent. We've got at least one a month. And you're right, we are getting better.
2: I think so, Yeah. It's um exciting now, this episode, because this time last year, August 2021, when we started the first ever episode, was with talking about Ultimate Athlete, the first Ultimate Athlete ha- that happened in 2021, and interviewing Maria Bentley,
1: yep
2: who was one of the elite races, interviewing her about her thoughts on the race. But this episode now, again, one year later, talking about Ultimate Athlete, and again, we've got Maria back on the show as well. So yeah, with a few, a few others. Circle. Oh, yeah, a few others for sure. Hmm. <laughs> so that's another really exciting part is usually we'll get one guest on, like you and me, and talking to someone else. But this episode, we have eight eight guests, <laughs> which is epic. Yes. Uh, so you you yep. me, we've got James Balbooth from AirShops, who is our sponsor. Had him on the past few episodes, but we've got the third and final part of the interview with him today. And then we also talked to... Good the elite races from Ultimate Athlete. We talked to the top three elite male finishers and the top two female, elite female finishers. And then we also talked to Gav and Joss, the organisers behind Ultimate Athlete.
1: And they were all very interesting discussions. I have to admit there were some things come out that I didn't think of that were, what do you call it, about like the... um, what was the hardest obstacle and they said the sandbag and you go oh hold on i would have picked the monkey bars or the warp wall but uh, it's a uh, yeah no it was a really really good discussion with all of them they're short sharp but it was all about how they thought and what their thoughts and that of uh, the ultimate athlete race in uh, mount uh, a month ago
2: mm. definitely interesting listening back to them myself and yeah th- these guys are insanely awesome runners But, yeah, like you were saying, it's quite surprising hearing them talk about the weight carriers being the hardest Mm -hmm. obstacle because, comparatively, compared to other races, they're not actually that heavy (laughs) an ultimate athlete compared to some other races out there. Um, But from a running background, they are really heavy. And it's interesting to see, yeah, where these people winning the race, you know, what skills are the most important, running (laughs) being the big one. And um, the other thing I found fascinating was like some conflicting advice as well from the top places. Like uh, someone I think Julian maybe talks about the technique for the warped walls to sprint into it as fast as you can, and then uh, Maria I think talks about the opposite, <laughs> how you want to go in slow and just power in the last you know one or two steps to get up it. So again, that's fascinating. Hearing the the people who are doing the best at this race have a completely different way of tackling an obstacle.
1: And uh, one of the things I found too was the the uh, two women both said that they would like to compete. Do more, and uh, definitely we'll be coming back to UA. So uh, that's that's encouraging.
2: Yeah, and it sounded like, like we learned about you know the, some of the other guys are athletics and triathlon, and just hearing about um like their season as well as how that timing yeah. matches up with UA. Looks like there is a bit of a potential crossover there, and that some of them may not be able to come back just because their their main sport kicks
1: in again. Mm. And I think that's going to be an issue whatever sport you're in, if you uh, are trying to cross over and do other other types of competitions, your main sport is always going to be. There's a season for them all. The good thing about o- OCR is it seems to run most of the year round. Uh, we've just got to get a few more races here in New Zealand. And having Joss and Gavin on and getting their perspective of the organisers, it certainly opens a few doors up about what's happening them going forward but what worked and what didn't work for them uh, at the mount for their second uh, their second year
2: yeah and we get the details too on the new event coming mm-hmm. the short course yes athlete 150 meter course mm-hmm. pretty exciting before we jump into that just wanted to take a little bit of time too to talk about just had some thoughts about our podcast improving over the year <laughs> um So I remember talking at the start with you, Stephen, about one of the things I like about podcasts, I think as a medium, it's quite forgiving about people starting it and being pretty terrible quality. (laughs) One of the things I enjoy with some podcasts is listening from the start all the way up to current day, but just seeing how they've improved, like you can see the gaps where they've got a new microphone or they've figured out how to edit something. (laughs) Um, It's quite
1: cool seeing that journey with them. Yes, that's
2: definitely what we've done over the past year.
1: Oh, just the yeah. editing. <laughs> the first couple of episodes was us two rambling on, and then oh, let's let's publish that. Uh, now uh, spending a bit of time in editing and editing, and having an intro, and, and having some some notes, which are probably unheard of at the beginning, or even doing research. We turn up and ask questions, <laughs> and they go, oh yeah, okay, you hadn't done that.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, you'll just have a conversation and just make it up on the spot. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, if he notes of what we want to talk about definitely helps to be honest i didn't even edit some of the first few episodes like yep. we record our intro the interview and some music and i'll edit those together but i wouldn't go back and edit the conversation so it probably sounds bad but now i'll go back and i'll edit out the long pauses and even just some tiny pauses just to keep the the flow of the conversation consistent keep it a little bit faster than speech i realize is something important that normal speech is quite slow compared to, to media, something I've picked up, and just editing out like the ums and those sort of moments, and sometimes people will like stutter and repeat themselves,
1: just e- editing that out because yeah, it flows better without it. Flows better, uh, done a good job with good. that, listening listening to them back from what we did at the beginning to what we're doing now, the editing, the stuff you're doing in the background is, is certainly a hell of a lot better. Yeah, thank you.
2: We got the intro partway through the year as well, we Got a professionally recorded intro to the podcast. Yes. Yep. That makes us sound a lot more professional. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it sounds professional. Yes. Got to be. Got to have a bit of professionalism there. Yeah. And then one thing I wanted to point out of this episode is <clears throat> that we have recorded so many interviews that the timeline is a little bit out of order. In that we recorded. So that what what we're going to do in this episode is we'll listen to the athlete interviews and then we'll listen to Joss and Gavin and then we'll listen to James from Air Shots at the end. But the way we, we recorded it, we recorded Josh and Gavin in between some of the athletes. So we talked to some of the athletes and we referenced what the organisers said. So it is, a, it is a little bit out of order, but it makes sense. And that's one thing I think we've learned doing the podcast too, is I remember, Stephen, you were saying about... Uh, oh, it just keeps me... What's the, the trail running podcast? Dirt Church Radio. Dirt Church Radio, yeah. I think you were saying when we started about how some episodes they'll talk about... Like jumping back in time, <laughs> yes. yeah. doing time switches because they've recorded at
1: different periods because, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I listen to that one, Then most uh, weeks when I'm out running on a Sunday and, and they do, and they'll go, and you're listening to this, but we recorded it and this has happened since. Maybe that's something we should actually bring up because sometimes we do say that and then hold on, we've said that, but this has happened since and we haven't actually covered that off. So you're right. Yeah. I know we did uh, record these uh, interviews with the, the team, and then we did Gavin and Josh halfway through, and then James we did a few weeks before, which not that he has a lot to do with the UA one, but it does jump all over the place in the timeline of what's happening in the world. Yeah, and I don't know if you can avoid that for podcast,
2: but I know we have done it in previous episodes too. We will, we've talked about something, and then we've built up a stack of interviews, so we won't release that interview until two months later. <laughs> then by the time we release it, the, the current event, the current race we talked about, like, we talk about, oh, this is happening next weekend. And then when you, <laughs> when you guys listen, it's actually passed. Um, uh, so yeah. things like that, just keeping in mind there's different timeframes for us, I think, when we record. But it's hard. I don't know how to – maybe it's one of those problems to can't avoid. I
1: mean, it, then- it is. It is. And I um listen to uh, Brody Kane. I don't know if you remember her from TV One and all that. She's got some podcasts. And then she talks about the same thing, is when she was in media, she had to – everything was – there and then, it's going out tomorrow. But now she she does the same thing. She records podcasts because that's what she does for a living. Now she does podcasts and she helps people with podcasts. But you record something and you might not put it out for two months. You really do need to listen to it to make sure the intro <laughs> matches what the people have been talking about because the world has changed a lot since you did it six weeks ago. And I think we're getting better at that now. A valid point. Yeah, definitely. Hmm.
2: But going forward, I also have just realised that we have the ability for people to leave us voice messages. If anyone would like to send us a message talking about their feedback for the show or you know what you want to see on upcoming episodes or questions that you'd like to put to anyone that we interview, I'll drop the link in the show
1: notes. That would be good. Get some feedback on what people think and what we can improve in and what the area we could head to with our people we're talking to, or they may have ideas of people we should be talking to. I was wondering what that was in the in the notes you've written up, uh, vo- leave a voice message. And I went, okay, how's that gonna work? So mm-hmm. Spotify has added that as a new option, have they? Or-
2: yeah, yeah, leave us a message and then we'll talk about it in an upcoming episode. And also leave us a review. Your podcasting platform has uh, has the option to leave reviews. Yeah, feel free to write us a review. And we have uh, an aggregation system in the background where it scrolls all the platforms and gives us the reviews, which is currently sitting at zero. <laughs> we have zero reviews, but yeah. we have listeners. I know you guys are listening. We get the stats. Um, yeah. We get the feedback from some of you. But leave us reviews, please. Just definitely leave some reviews. And not you, Mum. I don't need a new review from you. <laughs> we can just get our mums to leave the first two and then get the yeah. ball rolling.
1: Maybe I should give her a call and say, can you do it? I'll do that next time I'm talking to her. Anyway, side issue. Uh, this weekend, I uh, the weekend just gone, I should say. I did the Tough Guy Tough Girl here in Auckland when we were heading out to it, it's at a new venue in Kumu, Kimu. We thought, oh, this is going to be good. It's the pony club, so it's flat. There's no hills or anything. But I was quite surprised. There was no hills, but it was still a well run event. And the, well, no, it's a mud run. There's no big obstacles. There's a couple of walls, a few pipes to crawl through, some nets to go under. But they dug some big, big, deep holes. I'm a decent size, and they are up to my chest, so some of the shorter people uh, would have struggled with some of the holes. Yeah. But uh, I must admit, it was a really good day. I enjoyed it. And for people who haven't done Tough Guy, Tough Girl with event promotions, we had Murray on uh, late last year. He he puts on a very good show. It's well-organised. They, yeah, they do a really good show. So if you're listening and you haven't done a mud run, definitely – give tough guy, tough girl. I think there's one left this year in Rotorua. Give it a go. It's um, it's a fun day. Yeah, I went out with a crew from uh, Ascend Fit. Uh, we had, I don't know, eight or nine. We came third in the Teams event and had a, a really, really fun day. Nice. Yeah, I've done
2: Wellington a few times and Palmerston North a few times when that was when that was on. But yeah, definitely
1: recommend it. Yeah, well, this one they've changed because they had it here in Auckland and i and it was out. I can't remember the name of where it was, but it was there was no. It was not spectator friendly. You head off from the start and go through a fence and across a creek, and then you're in the uh, the forest and you're in paddocks. But there's no viewer. It was not very viewer friendly. Where this, uh, it was a very zigzaggy circuit around the event of the main um, start finish line. Any any competitors who finished could go out and watch. But also if you had People who weren't involved in it could go out and stand at the mud pit, stand at the walls and watch you. So it was from all the ones I've done, they've catered for the viewer more than they have in other places because I've been to the one in Wellington and the Rotorua and you don't have that as much where this you could go out and pretty much stand at every obstacle that you wanted to, which I I thought was from getting people involved and and having a, a decent crew out there. Because we went out there with a whole heap of us and then the guys that finished went back and watched the guys that were doing longer runs or hadn't finished before. So you could watch, come over the wall, crawl through some tunnels. Very, very friendly to uh, spectators. Uh, sounds pretty cool. And what about you? You've got anything on your plate? Have you done anything recently? No obstacle races, unfortunately. I have recently
2: held, I've been organising Chase Tag, which is sort of, sort of related to obstacles quite parkour side of things and that it's um, trying to launch the sportive tag. This world chase tag is the, the global league for this, and we're trying to get started in Wellington, but but the games are an obstacle arena, and you have one chaser, one evader, and they're 20 seconds long, up to 20 seconds. Uh, so really short, fast, and sprint pace. So we had another event for that. It's pretty cool. We got the, the arena, the quad, you know, the obstacle setup. We got that down a bit more organized. We had some more thought put into it. <laughs> how to lay all the obstacles out and that that changes it so much so i think we've got our, our base down we've got our you know we know how to run the games we're getting the arena down more we've set up more they call it eq for evasion quality so different parts of your setup have different eq ratings so different obstacles have better eq so which means uh as the evader you've got more defense at an obstacle um, it makes it harder for someone to chase you I'm from
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, I have to admit, since you started telling me about this, I did watch some of it recently on ESPN, I think it was. Yeah. One of the ones on Sky I was watching. And the question I have is so the person that wins, they stay out there until they get tagged, do they?
2: They do. Yeah. So it's. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's quite strategic at that watching the games because, yeah, the person who wins stays on and then a fresh player comes in. But the players, the teams, you know, you can choose which player goes on. So the person who's winning is getting more and more fatigued. You're sending fresh people in, but you can also choose someone whose like athletic ability ability counters the person who's already on. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite cool. On the it's one of those sports I'm learning that it's so just fun to watch. Cause it's so fast and crazy <laughs> and athletic. But there's so much like behind it. The more you get into it, the more you learn like what teams and who the players and their strengths yeah. and and Yeah, which makes Mm -hmm. a good sport, I think, when there's so much more depth and debate you can have around it. We had had a little event in Wellington and we had Mm -hmm. the cadets, the Navy cadets come along, I think. So about 30 of them come along and do it as part of their training. Um, We had a handful of other people, but not not too many people overall. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what we're doing going forward. We've got our foundation down, we've got the arena, we've got the ability to run it, and the next is we've just got to market it we got to get the word out there more and get more people along and and get it set up. And, yeah, we're looking at November for the next event. A little while away, but there's a potential to tie it into a greater public event um, facility. Yeah.
1: All righty. Shall we cut over and um, have a listen to the team from the UA, the winners and uh, organisers, have a a listen to what they've got to say about the event, finish off with – James from Earshots on his, uh, the last of our chats with him.
2: First up for this episode, we talked to Julian Oakley, who was the first place elite male finisher at Ultimate Athlete, Mount Monganui 2022. Yeah, that
3: no, was um, something I'd never done before, so was, yeah, I wasn't really sure how it was going to go beforehand sort of scoped out some of the course but yeah i really wasn't sure like how things would would plan out so yeah to get the win was was cool
2: how did it go for you how do you find the race i've it was
3: it was hard like it was a lot harder than i thought it would be um i think i underestimated some of the because i hadn't done it before so i didn't know a lot of the obstacles i just sort of seen like because i live in the mountains i'd sort of scoped a few out the night before just on the on the beach and like the monkey bars and a few of those that half pipe I'd I'd seen and I knew like it would play into my hands just because it was such a long course like 10k um, of running and obviously the lap around the mount so I knew I'd be competitive and I knew Michael had won the year before and he's a good marathon runner and a, a distance runner so I thought like it would play into sort of the runner's hands and yeah decided to give it a go and yeah, it was it was hard. Like that second lap of the obstacles, going up Mount Jury. like it was re- it was really tough. And it took me like probably a week to recover afterwards. Just muscles that I don't use when I do just regular running. So, but yeah, really enjoyable and, and something different to the usual, just track racing or road running.
1: So, will you be back at the next one?
3: Um, I think so. I need to need to scope it out in advance. I, it, yeah, it, as I said before, it took me so long to recover. Like need to make sure I have my, my schedule plan from racing or anything afterwards, but it is a good time of the year for that. Like, May is pretty kind of a downtime for no athletics and not really into the cross-country season yet, so it's it's actually a good time for, for me okay. um, to, to do a race like that.
2: So what do you do normally as your norm, normal sport and normal races? You do athletics.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, yeah, athletics is what I've done for probably, like, the last 10 years pretty competitively. Um, started, like, track 800, 1500, gone all the way to 3k, 5k on the track and then recently done a couple of half marathons so that's yeah that's my background and still sort of moving up in distance like done a couple of half marathons this year Uh, yeah we'll probably do some cross country coming up the next couple weeks some road racing and then back into the athletic season in sort of December is when it when it kicks off again so yeah that's sort of my background and where I've come from yeah how do you find it running on the sand oh that was like besides the if you count that as an obstacle that was probably the hardest part of the thing is running on on soft sand especially once you've done like seven k's and you go back into that second loop and you're running on the complete soft sand and there's quite a like at the start there's a huge space between the obstacles so you're running like 400 meters at a time on soft sand hitting an obstacle and then 400 meters again on the soft sand and like by the time you get up onto the grass You've probably run close to like a k on soft sand, and your legs are just completely shot. Like that was, yeah, definitely probably one of the hardest parts was was actually the running on the sand. And yeah, as you said, like run on the track, it's so it's so bouncy, and you're running spikes. Like it's it's really sort of like springy, and that was the complete opposite. Like couldn't have been more different, really. I
1: have to admit, I found the sand. I didn't do it this year. I did it last year, but the sand is just something that you don't run on very often
3: no yeah and i never do any like sand running even though i live near the beach but like it's yeah it's it's so hard it's so draining and i think that's what did a number on my like legs the next day like quads and like calves just shot the next day
2: yeah i ran it this year didn't run it last year opposite of stephen i only ran the 3k one thing i found was just that mental like you go come down the beach and then you go up mount jerry and you come back and you go back on the sand again yeah I found that transition back just your just that moment like thirty seconds when just hits you mentally. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That, go from the, the from the grass and the road and then onto the sand and then you've got to get up the um like the half pipe and your only run up is on completely soft sand so it's like hard to build any momentum especially when you're tired like trying to full out sprint to make sure you get yourself up there and it's just soft sand the whole way so yeah it was that was definitely tough. And
1: what did you think of the half
3: pipe? oh it was awesome like I'd seen it the night before when I went to pick up my race pack and it was quite it was I think it drizzled a bit the night before and it was like slippery and I was looking at it my brother did the race as well he did the full the full 10 and we he was like doing some practice runs up it and I was looking at it thinking like I'm I'm not gonna be able to get up this I was really like freaking out like thinking I wouldn't wouldn't get up it but once you got the the adrenaline going and the momentum I basically just like sprinted as, first lap i sprinted as hard as so a good and got up pretty easily and the second lap was actually quite tough like when you're tired getting up there but that was an awesome like uh obstacle and then seeing the teams kind of all the teams help each other up there was quite each other cool way. as well yeah. yeah
1: which is a, a thing but like max said we both do a lot of obstacle racing and that the team's event is like that it is always mm. helping mates over the fence or under all or whatever yeah. But I was quite surprised. um we'd spoken to Gavin and Josh quite a fair, quite a bit beforehand, and t- they told us about it, and I was thought when I got there, I thought, well, I wonder how many people are going to make it up there. But I was surprised how many people did actually make it on their first go, too.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's just like once the, once adrenaline the adrenaline's going, you've just gotta completely run as hard as you can from when you come underneath that little barrier and that little yep. bridge, and basically from there you just gotta give it everything and just focus on that bar, like pulling yourself up.
1: You say you do cross-country, is that trail running or cross-country uh, um, through through athletics?
3: Yeah, like athletics, yeah, through athletics, like just grass, like at the park. But I haven't really, I haven't done in New Zealand for years because I went to the, the US. Um, I ran over in the US at a college over there and cross-country is quite big. Like you do a full season sort of August to November, you're running cross-country um, over there. So we did a lot, did a lot of cross-country in the States when I was over there. And then uh, yeah, I haven't done any in New Zealand for a while, and New Zealand champs are in two weeks, so thinking about going down to topo and doing it, doing the the NZ champs there in a couple of weeks.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Did you? Well, one of the things Max was going to ask you is about your check. What did you do with your big mega check? Oh, it's,
3: it's still at home somewhere. I had it out um in the living room for a while, like as a as sort of displayed it in the living room for a while, but it's. It's uh, yeah, it takes up quite a lot of space, so I don't know. I think it might be in the closet. I didn't throw it out. It's in the in the in the garage or something. But i would never, never got one of those before, so it was quite cool. Good couple of, couple of photos out of that. But yeah, displayed it for a bit and then yeah, I think it was just taking up too much room. But bit... <laughs> but it was cool. It was cool to get one of those. I never I never had the, one of those big checks before.
2: Growing sport, obstacle racing, still so small in New yes. Zealand, but awesome. The ultimate athletes come along and especially with the prize money on the line.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, like, you and others who athletes involved. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have, like, Under Armour and um, supporting. Like, it's – you don't get any – besides, like, maybe if you won the Auckland Marathon, you wouldn't win $3,000 anywhere in a, a track or a race in New Zealand. So, like, to put that kind of money up is, like, pretty cool. Good for the sport, I think, and, like, good to get people from other disciplines involved. Oh, that's kind mm. of surprising to hear. There's not too much. Yeah, prize they did money. a. They did a. Under Armour did a mile in, in June a few weeks ago, and they put up maybe a thousand for the win, which is like that's pretty good for New Zealand prize money. Like New Zealand athletics, but there's no there's very minimal prize money. So like three thousand dollars is quite a good, like three thousand, two thousand, five hundred or whatever it was. is, like pretty good prize money for um yep. for a race. Because mm. one thing.
2: Sorry, it's going a bit off topic, but obstacle racing, um, it's big overseas. But one thing I was following that happened in the States was when the races started up a few years ago. People were getting into it as a dedicated sport, but it was at the point where athletes from other sports would come along and win the races, take away all the prize money. Um, and, then it, and then it developed beyond that to the point where people were training purely for obstacle racing and they could beat out any other runners or other mm-hmm. athletes come in. So it's interesting to see in New Zealand what sort of development we'll get if we... Because up till now, we don't have too many, like, you and some other athletes from other sports who are coming into obstacle racing and winning it. Um, So it's cool to see now. And it'd be cool to see it up the game overall as well, with the obstacle races.
3: Yeah, interesting to see how the sort of (laughs) courses go and different types. Because it seemed like a lot of, like... um, they were asking me at the race like a sort of the f45 like the gym crossfit type guys seemed like a lot of those guys and girls were there as well like and were really strong wow well, I'm, so I'm, really so I'm so weak like some of those obstacles like took me ages because i'm so, so weak but like a lot of those guys were like they were struggling in the running but like once they got to like the, the water carries and stuff like that they were just they were off like that machines so it's oh, yeah. Sorry. uh yeah so it's funny how the different like sort of disciplines and backgrounds handle the handle the event anything
2: else you want to add I guess we should ask you that anything else you want to talk about
3: uh no I covered a bit yeah just as I was saying was something sort of a bit different to me and like and never done any of that type of obstacle racing before I'd seen it been held in the mount last year so decided to jump in this year and yeah something different but um I think maybe I was a bit naive going in, which was probably a good thing because I didn't realise how hard it was gonna be and then after going off the mountain the first well, the only time coming off the mountain, like I was I was just thinking, geez, I've got to get over all those obstacles again, but like once you're once you're going you can't you can't really stop. So yeah, it was it was cool.
2: Now we catch up with Michael Voss, who finished second place in the elite male race. Well, I guess first of all, what do you do outside of obstacle racing? What's your like normal sport, the normal races you enter?
4: mainly just running yeah running races so not so much the track now more like um half marathons marathons and started to, to um do a bit more in the ultra sort of trail running scene but um yeah mainly just on the road so half and full marathons mainly at the moment that and just um building outside of running so yeah i'm builder by trade
2: yeah it's interesting um we just we chatted to julian as well who came first place Yep. but he's saying too that he's been running halves and he's trying to build up to full marathons so it's interesting that you guys are running those long distances and then that translates to the just the 10k race but on sand so it's a whole different beast
4: oh yeah no definitely that's um yeah one of the reasons why i was uh attracted to the event all the running in it because i've done it the year before and that included two laps around the mount yeah it made it even more favorable for the runners in the in the race so yeah, they definitely evened it out this year by adding two loops of the obstacles which uh made it a lot tougher for us but um you know i'm still happy with how it went
1: it did seem to uh, be a little bit uh, only a little bit slower than uh, than last year uh, the sand didn't slow a lot of people
4: down no uh, but doing the second lap of the obstacles was um yeah i was definitely starting to feel it in the upper body that's for sure yeah i was kind of used to the yeah the running on the sand or well, not the sand so much but just running in general so yeah, having to go over monkey bars or crawl on the ground under nets and stuff—it was um, yeah, not not something that I'm used to. So yeah, just cool so, doing something different mainly.
1: So I take it you've never done an obstacle type race before, then?
4: No, I just done Ultimate Athlete the year before. That was my first first one ever. Yeah, never really seen it in New Zealand. Sort of seen it on, on like ESPN, like uh, is it the Spartan Race or something? Yeah. I've seen stuff like that, uh, like overseas, and I've always thought, oh, that looks cool, and like Ninja Warrior and stuff, but, um, yeah, never participated in mine myself, so, yeah, I'm just glad I gave it a, gave it a go, because, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it.
1: There is a few around, you know, in New Zealand, I should say, a couple down the south, or a few down the South Island, and, oh, and yeah. that's one of the things we've got this podcast, both me and Max love it, uh, yeah. and you do have to go overseas if you want to do a lot of racing but yep. is to try and encourage others and help the ultimate athlete. And Spartan is coming to New Zealand. They've had one race here and they're trying oh, yeah. to come back. Uh, they're hoping to get back later this year. Oh, sweet.
2: <laughs> I have to keep my ears out. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. so much larger overseas. And it's, hopefully with this podcast, we'll got a got a small sort of niche audience, but hopefully try and build it and expand, yep. get yep. more people into the races and help grow it.
4: Yeah, I oh, know, it's cool. You know, it's, like I said, it's, yeah, a whole lot of fun, so yeah, I hope it does grow in uh, popularity.
1: So did you do any specific training, or you just put your shoes on and turned up in the morning?
4: Oh, last year, I, oh, I sort of muck around at work, and I do know, see if I could do some pull-ups on the scaffold and stuff, but uh, apart from that, eh, hey, nothing really, I kind of just backed myself, like, I knew I could sort of lift reasonable weight just being a builder, and um, knew I was fit, so yeah, gave a go at doing the monkey bars while I take the dog for the walk around some parks and stuff. Yeah, thought oh, I'm good to go. So, yeah, apart from that, that was all I done really. Yeah.
2: Bit heavy yeah. that huge running
4: fitness base
2: <laughs> definitely yeah. helps.
4: Yeah. yeah, no, I'm just glad I had that behind me to um yeah rely on because I definitely wasn't the fastest over the obstacles both years around. So yeah, you sort of make up a bit of time running in between them all.
2: How do you find the the new one this year? There was that Red Bull, the Warped Wall.
4: Oh, when I got there to register, um, probably the first time that I've been, yeah, that nervous like starting a race. I wasn't even sure if I was gonna be able to get over it. Yeah, facing that for the first time was pretty nerve wracking, but um yeah, I sort of just tried to do it like they do it on Ninja Warrior on T V and all worked out.
1: <laughs> and was there any other part of the race, any of the other obstacles in the race that gave you a hard time or
4: probably the sandbag. The sandbag carry up the up the hill there about halfway through the obstacles, I think it was. I still remember it last year as well, and that's what banged me up the most. Just, I think just running downhill with the bag on your shoulders, just really feel it in my back and my glutes. Just, um, I guess, that extra weight, sort of throwing down onto your shoulders as you come down the hill. Yeah, that was probably the same this year. that's what banged me up the most after the race. Probably feeling it all week, that week back at work and running. Apart from that, though, it was... I wouldn't say it was easy, like, still definitely hard, but the wall and the sandbag were definitely the trickiest obstacles out of all of them.
1: You said you do a road racing, is it, or trail running? So are you part of the... A bit of both, zone?
4: but mainly road at the moment, yeah. halfs and full marathons, yeah. Because you
1: did one the week before Ultimate Athlete this year, didn't
4: you? Yeah, yeah, I'd done uh, Bay Marathon. I got the win in that and managed to back up and... Yeah, do reasonably okay at ultimate athlete. I knew it'd be uh, a bit of a push because still definitely felt the marathon in my legs from the week before. But um, yeah, just tried to recover during the week and tried to freshen up as much as possible. Yeah.
1: So you're a builder by trade, based in Rotorua. So you just do most of your trail run, most of your running around Rotorua, or you?
4: Yeah, go yeah, into
1: the athletics
4: little redwoods at yep. Red all? Yeah, I do most of my training in there on the sulphur trails and yeah, a little bit of mountain biking when it's not. Raining, not, not in the winter mainly, but just all my yep. training in the forest there and yeah.
1: You've got a beautiful forest. I come down and do the half Rotorua marathon each year.
4: Oh, yep, yeah. You're yep. doing it in September?
1: I uh, hope to. I'm uh, I didn't race Ultimate Athlete, I tore my bicep off my bone. So I'm still recovering from a lot of that. Well, I'm getting back into training now, so but no, I hope to come down. Kobe put a bit of a hole in some of it. But no, that I love that one. That one of those those races through there, that beautiful part of the countryside.
4: Yeah, no, nah, there's some pretty handy hills in there, and you can go get lost for hours. It's pretty sweet to have on the back doorstep.
1: And you'll be lining up again at Ultimate Athlete next year, or would you think about doing the, the one later on this year?
4: Yeah, the one in o, Oriwa, is it? Oriwa, in,
1: yeah.
4: It? Yeah, me and my partner actually visited there for oh, the oh, end of last year. And yeah, it was a wicked spot. So, um, yeah, well, I'm actually thinking about coming up for it this December be um yeah, cool to squeeze one in before the next one at the mount. that's just fun that eh? and just something different. It's not just your normal running race. It's yeah.
1: It is good. like we were talking to Julian, it's the team side of things too. He said he quite liked the way the teams were helping one another up the walls and that at the end. And I have to admit that's what I like about the whole yep. whole sport. It's it's more of a community out there. So if someone's struggling you help them.
4: It looked like so, lots of people were out of their comfort zones. Yeah, which was pretty cool, and yeah, I mean it's just cool, just yeah, like I said, trying something new and yeah, doing something that you thought you'd never do before. I tried to persuade my workmates, but um, yeah, yeah. they they wouldn't have it this year, so maybe next year I might have a team. Yeah.
2: Hopefully next year. I think that's what obstacle racing is all about, like you were saying, just pushing outside of your comfort zone. Like you see yeah. some of the stuff, and you're like, no, I can't do that, <laughs> and then you get on the course, and you people are pushing you along, and you realize you can do more than you thought you could.
4: Yeah. Yep. yep. No, nah, it's cool. Yeah, cool to watch and yeah, cool to participate also.
2: Yeah. One thing we were wondering to ask you guys is, what did you do with the the big checks?
4: Uh. Yeah. I still have mine from last year. I think it's in a wardrobe somewhere. <laughs> but um. Yeah. I couldn't actually stay for prize giving this year because I <laughs> had to go up to Auckland for a yeah a birthday. I think it was something. Anyway. But um. You know, it was pretty cool getting one last year cool that they just offer that and a bit of cash to go with it. Brings out the competitive side a lot more, that's for sure. Good having prize money on the line, being able to get
2: like yeah. you, the others and some some top runners along, and it's yep. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a shame they didn't send you down the big cheque too. I guess that would be expensive to <laughs> just ship that thing, just send
1: you the actual money instead. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's no, all good. Hopefully, ne- yeah, next year I'll save. I'm uh, lucky enough to place again, save for the prize money.
1: I'm sure they'll have it for you if you want it when you turn up next time. We're going to talk to Ben Hennessy, who came third in the Ultimate Athlete at the Mount. How are you?
5: Good, thanks. Doing great. How are you guys doing?
1: Good. Good, So tell us a bit about yourself. What are you... Is your normal sport? I take it it's not OCR?
5: No, not quite. Um, so my main sport is running itself. Um, just running. So in the summer, i we compete in athletics on the track. And in the winter, we... Rolling over the hills and cross country. Okay, and your base, whereabouts? Uh, Tauranga.
1: Hi, oh, Tauranga boy, as well. Uh,
5: originally from Waihi, but I moved up here this year for um, uni.
1: Oh, okay. We lived in Waihee for a while. we got a beach house at Waihee Beach. Oh, cool. And Good spot. Me and my wife both worked in the gold mine there.
5: Yeah, ah, sweet. Yeah, because
2: we heard, we got, we got told you were studying to be a PT, right? Personal
1: trainer?
5: Uh, Of some sort, yeah. Um, In the sports area anyway.
1: Yes. Yeah, because Josh mentioned that you went along and helped on the Friday night? Uh, Yeah, for the young kids, yeah. Yep, I take it this was your first ever foray into obstacle racing?
5: Yeah, um, I've only ever done tough guy, tough girl once with school. Other than that, that's my first experience with the obstacle race, yeah.
1: And what's your first thoughts?
5: Awesome fun and
1: very very hard. <laughs> what would you class as the hardest obstacle?
5: Ooh, I'd have to say the um the reverse. We have to jump up and then get your whole body up and it's um an angled, kind of like that. I've got the name, but yeah, that one was rough.
4: Okay, <laughs> that's interesting. And the sandbags
5: uh, up the hill was never was never going to be easy.
1: <laughs> did the wall as a um the wall. Intimidate you. A lot of the others uh, said that, that intimidated but it wasn't actually as hard as they thought.
5: The warp wall, was it?
1: Yeah, warp wall. Yeah.
5: Uh, yeah, definitely. I was just thinking um, how many times I've watched the American Ninja Warrior and um, how high that is on that show. So I was thinking, oh, am I gonna? Is this gonna be easy? Is it gonna be hard? Yeah, you get a bit of adrenaline pumping when you're with the crowd there, though.
2: Yeah, that one definitely looked impressive. It, it turned out not too bad. It was pretty grippy actually, which was good. It worked really well, and it looks gets the, the nerves up coming into it yeah yeah definitely and definitely well as an obstacle um how do you find the, the sand running
5: yeah that's pretty rough uh especially the mount sand which is very soft but i suppose everyone's in the same boat there so we'll kind of get through it together
1: it's just another obstacle yeah exactly
2: they got their um ultimate athlete auckland event ariwa coming up later this year which they haven't held it before the first time they're doing it apparently that one it's on the beach as well but the sand is different it's not meant to be as soft um so that'll be interesting to see as well how that compares to everyone finding the soft sand really hard but yeah if you can make the Auckland one
1: yeah yeah
5: be awesome yeah I'm definitely considering coming on up
1: come up and make a week of it come to the Spartan race on the, the weekend before oh sweet how oh, good <laughs> You get the bitten by the bug, I suppose.
5: Yeah, yeah, because it's, um, it's going to become an Olympic event soon,
1: is it? Or supposed to be get, getting into the Olympics, yes. It'll yeah. be a bit of a watch this space, I think, see where it goes. At the moment, it's going to be one of the disciplines in the modern pentathlon.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, it's on, on track to get there. Um, I think they're going to train. The plan is to try and split off after it gets an under pentathlon. So they're doing the – oh, I just saw the other day they're doing the second test next week in the Philippines are doing two tests of it under Pentathlon. It's interesting. It's it's definitely more Ninja Warrior focused. It's a hundred meter, really fast and short. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's very short. Yeah, and then some of the obstacles yeah. are Ninja Warrior, directly from Ninja Warrior.
5: Yeah. Ah, uh, oh, sweet. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting. It'll be, to see. Yeah. It'll be cool. Very entertaining, I would know. think. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and hopefully, the whole thing just takes off once it's in the Olympics. Yeah.
5: Exactly. good addition.
1: Did you do any training before Ultimate Athlete or was it just turn up and see what happens?
5: So I was only really running. So I was pretty fit in the running phase, but um, I hadn't done any specific, uh, I suppose, free running parkour type training or anything. But yeah, it was a big shock to the body, I think. Awesome fun there.
1: Because I can't remember which one. It was either Julian or... Someone mentioned that, that it was harder than the marathon they'd done the weekend before. <laughs> oh, true, yeah. Because they just true use enough. so many muscles that they just do yeah, not yeah. use.
2: Yeah, there were some different groups that were burning that day, for
4: sure.
2: <laughs> one thing we've been asking the other athletes we've been talking to as well is what you've done with the, the giant check <laughs> that you received. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you, yeah. have you kept a hold of that? Yeah, it's uh, currently... In my room
5: at home back in Waihee. Uh, what I've done with the money is uh, some of it's gone towards my accommodation costs and also a pair of running shoes. So I was pretty stoked with yeah, that.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Did you have a sponsor or anything like that for your other endeavors?
5: Uh, no, I don't have any sponsors currently. It's something I'm looking forward to looking into at some point in the future, though. And the ultimate goal is? Ultimate goal is to wear Silver Fern on a major running stage. Yeah, that'd be dream come true for sure, if I could achieve that. And what distance? Um, I would say it would quite possibly be in a 5,000 metre race, a 1,500 metre race, or maybe at a cross-country world champs or something like that. Still in the stage of finding which is my strongest
2: forte at the moment. Right, cheers for that. It's good to get your thoughts on the race. and I think I think people with like, the athletics background have done well from what we've learned, talking to the other guys as well. Definitely all yeah, that yeah. running and, and even obstacle race too, you know, you got obstacles, but the main obstacle is the running. Yeah, Still yeah, yeah. 90% <laughs> of the course is running. So it's really cool yeah. to see, yeah, see so you guys come in and have a race like this that has prize money on the line to draw in athletes yeah, cool. as well. Yeah, but good, good luck, good luck representing Cheers, New thanks Zealand thanks. in the future.
5: Yeah, well, I hope so. Cheers for having me on.
2: That was good, good chat. Jumping over to the female side of the field. We now talk to Deb Fuller, who came first place, elite female at Ultimate Athlete.
1: How are you?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. And yourself?
1: Good, good, yes. Over the rain here in Auckland, uh, whereabouts are you?
0: Yeah, in Taonga, it's a bit the same. Any bit of sun is very much welcomed.
1: I've got two dogs, as you can see in the background, and they're over being stuck inside, as I suppose kids with school holidays are as well. Yeah. So, Ultimate Athlete. How did you end up there? Was it something uh, spare of the moment or did you follow up from the year before?
0: Um, it was actually a very last minute decision. I'd been pretty crook with um, a nasty bout of shingles for a few months prior to it and was just starting to get back on my feet and woke up that morning and decided I felt all right. So put in a last minute entry and I don't know, came away with the wind. So it was. Pretty worthwhile.
1: Yes, certainly was, certainly was. Is that the first obstacle race you have done?
0: Yeah, very first.
1: So, what, what's your it. background? Your
0: um, I'm a triathlete currently. I've kind of been sporty all throughout high school, so I'm just off the back of a few years professional cycling, and then before that, I was a runner. Um, but at the moment, I've been doing triathlons for two years. So yeah, that's. What I do at the moment.
1: Ah, okay. And you're based in Tauranga, I take it.
0: Yeah.
1: And how did you find the ultimate athlete, the obstacles?
0: I found them pretty tough, to be honest. I don't do a lot of gym work, just a, a few Pilates sessions a week. But I guess the swimming and cycling and running kind of keeps me fit and strong. So.
1: I don't think you're alone there. I've spoken to the, the two guys that won as well and they both said the similar sort of thing, that there was the running that kept them in it. Uh, Julian and Michael both said if it wasn't for the fact that they were good runners, they would have struggled. And the beach sand, they uh, put that up there with the warp wall as being one of the hardest obstacles. Um, Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. You can be fit, but that, that running in the sand really takes it out of you.
1: Your plans to do any other obstacle Races, Um, uh, the other ultimate athlete in Oriwa later this year or maybe give Spartan a go when they they come along uh, in November?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to have a few more goes at it. Um, It just depends on how it ties in with the triathlon season, but I'll do my best to be at any races coming up. I absolutely loved it. So I'd hands down enter another one.
1: So you would train a bit more specifically for it next time or just uh, suck it and see again?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'd probably throw a few more gym sessions in there, but I think the amount of training I do at the moment is probably sufficient.
1: So you do just triathlons locally, like nationally or overseas as well? At
0: the moment, just nationally i was hoping to get overseas for at least a race or two last year but it was pretty difficult with covid and finances and yeah it just didn't really work out but hopefully hopefully next year
1: Mm, okay and did you find any obstacles really hard or really difficult or
0: i actually found that the the water carry was pretty tough i just like with the moving water inside the container and it's smacking you in the head. I put it on my shoulder, and smacking me in the head, but then like the grip strength to hold it down by your side was pretty tough, having to run with that. Um, But they were all pretty, like, pretty tough obstacles.
1: That's interesting, because either Julian or Michael, one of them said the same thing, that they put the water carry up there as one of the hardest ones. Yeah. And, And being an obstacle racer, that's one of the things we train or practice for a lot carrying just dumbbells and that mostly because nearly every race has some type of that either a drum, water drum or a sandbag or, or yeah. something that you've got to carry up a hill and then down a hill again
0: yeah i mean the sandbag wasn't as bad i think when the when there's not the moving water inside the container i think that's what made it harder
1: oh, okay yeah
0: um but Yeah, not being used to any of that was a bit of a shock to the system.
1: I didn't do it this year because I'm getting over an arm injury. Um, Were the water drums full? Because I know last year they they were only half full, and that was really bad sloshing around. So we're going to fix that by filling them up or finding smaller drums. So if they were sloshing around, it must have been full, completely full.
0: I'd say about three quarters, three quarters full. Definitely wasn't all the way up.
1: So it's the running that saved you or got you to in the first place?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I tried to follow a few of the other girls through some of the obstacles to see how it was done and then um, kind of just made up some time around the mount and then held on for dear life on the second lap.
1: Mm-hmm. And how would you find the wall?
0: I was most worried about that, but uh, I think the adrenaline got me moving, and I just straight up first time, so it wasn't actually as scary as I anteci- anticipated.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, when I turned up down on Friday night, I thought, oh, that's going be- <laughs> to stop a lot of people, but I was quite surprised that so many people did make it. It's uh, yeah. too many people watching Ninja Warrior and then getting full of adrenaline and getting up there.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: The big check, you've got that hanging on the wall somewhere, have you? Have you? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it is actually sitting in, in the garage at the moment. Quite a big I know, thing, I asked the,
1: asked the boys about it, and they said that's the first time they've got one in to, inside New Zealand, a large check like that, so it was quite novel.
0: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
1: Is there anything else you want to talk about on Ultimate Athlete?
0: Um, I just wanted to say that it was a very, very well-done event. Like, I've I've been kind of racing and doing a whole bunch of sports for you know, throughout high school, and... Been overseas and I just thought that was a very cool atmosphere and very well organised and well done. So kudos to the organisers on that.
1: Yeah, Ultimate Athlete have done a really good job and Under Armour, one of their major sponsors, have done a really good job. Um, That is one thing you will find if you do other obstacle races that they uh, they do have a good atmosphere. Ultimate Athlete have done a really good job for for New Zealand. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's great. Triathlon could take a page out of their book.
1: <laughs> Actually, uh, Gavin, who who started Ultimate Athlete, um, I interviewed him ages ago, and one of the comments he said he got into ultimate, into obstacle sports because he's a was a big triathlete, and he made the comment that he used to get up at four o'clock and his kids had come to watch him, and he'd run away and come back six hours later, and it was <laughs> all. Yeah. It was all over. They were sleeping in the back of the car by then. So
0: he uh, yeah.
1: did like the uh, that side of things. Yeah,
0: mm. definitely a good spectator sport. That's for sure.
1: It is. It is, and it's a good community to get into, get involved with as well. So yeah. I enjoy. So what's on your calendar for the rest of this year? Got any big races coming up?
0: Um, yeah. Hopefully next week I go into surgery. I've had a few sinus and gland issues. Um, but then. I'm hoping to be fit for racing in November, December time it kicks off. So I'll do a few 70.3s and then just see how the season goes. Hopefully get overseas.
1: So the triathlon season is mostly sort of all over through the summer, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much for your insights into how what you thought of a uh, ultimate athlete. And um, hopefully we'll get to see you at, at a few more obstacle races. And definitely the Ultimate Athlete later in the year.
0: Yeah, for sure, thanks for having me on.
2: Next is a special guest because we talked to her all the way back on the very first episode ever of this podcast, um, and now we talk to her again as she ran again in Ultimate Athlete, and this time finished second place in the elite female field. Uh, welcome back, Maria Bentley.
6: Well, uh pleasure to be back. Thanks very much for having me. Um, yeah, this this year was, obviously being able to compare it to last year, it was, yeah, it was cool. Um, it was a very different race, different strategy needed to go into it. Obviously, um, when you turned up for, well, first of all, you found out that it was going to be two laps of the obstacles and more sand running compared to two laps at the base of the track and one lap of the obstacle. So you instantly went, well, that's going to be slower. But cool, because we get to experience the obstacles more, because when do you get the chance to really get onto these kinds of things, you know, in training or something like that? So that was exciting. It was cool. And then I knew that there was another obstacle that we didn't know what it was going to be to be added to the race. Um, so that was like, oh, and I had a few chats with you max about it and i thought oh i wonder if it's i thought it was going to be the spear throw um and then i kind of forgot about it when i turned up on the day to go register and i saw the wall there i went holy shit!
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> well i didn't make it over the monkey bars last year so there i doubt i'm going to make it again this year that I've got no freaking idea what you know you see it on um, ninja warrior and you Know they struggle with it, so how on earth am I going to be able to get over it when I've got to run through the sand to get up it? Um, so I actually thought, well, okay, that means I'm going to lose at least two bands each obstacle, each slap of the obstacles. It is what it is. Uh, but I thought, man, that looks cool. And then, so actually, I, I my dad had to come up because we were moving house that weekend, and my dad um, brought me over to. The mount and it was pouring with rain. Obviously, when we got to registration as well, I'm like, Dad, we've got to go and find a skateboard park so I can have a go at running at the <laughs> half five And Dad's like, It's pouring with rain. We're not doing that. And, and I'm Fuck. Um, so literally that night, I just got, I googled to see how does one attempt to go up a warped wall and learned that it was, you know, don't make a big run up. Stop and take yourself as close as possible. Take three steps and that's it. I'm um, like, Right, okay, must remember that, which yeah, did. um So that's why I kind of stopped and walked and but I just wanted to look at it. It was just like, this is cool. I like, yeah, saying, hey, this is an awesome opportunity. Uh, you know, you got up and went, hey, I want to go come around and do that again. Um, yeah, so anyway, that was um, that was all new. Obviously, I was a little, actually, actually no, going around the base strategy-wise was definitely different because it was kind of packed in the middle of the race. It was the middle of the sandwich this time. So, you still needed to run hard, but you knew you still had a whole lot of sand running to go. And it wasn't the ob- like the obstacles were almost like the break, so to speak. But the sand running obviously takes it out of you. And so you didn't want to push quite as hard around the base, probably. Um, that was probably a little bit of change in tactics to last year. Yeah, it was just cool. I liked how I missed the, um, what I did miss was that we, we dragged the the tyres last year. I remember I missed that obstacle. I thought that would have been cool to still have. Cool that we went under the, the ropes more, um, the rope netting on the ground. Actually, actually, four of those, because I think it was four, we went under them four times this year. Got a bit of grazing and stuff from that. Not that you're bothered about it, but it was like, oh actually I didn't notice that last year, but I've got grazing on my shoulders and my knees have obviously hit the sand and bit of grazed compared to last year. But yeah, it's all good and no worries there. What else um I thought was quite cool was um when, when we were on the sand, there were, there were now three lots of um, climbing over the walls. Not not the A-frames, but the, the straight wall. up and overs, the yeah. three walls that were together. Yeah, that that was cool. I like that. And I thought that when we did the under and overs, if there were more under and overs, because it was, I think there were only three. We, I, I'm trying to remember, but I think it was like under, over, under, and that was it. If you carry yeah. that on for more and more and more. That slowed slow some of the runners down,
0: um, I think.
6: Um, that was quite cool. Um, the other thing that I thought would be quite cool to add to the race, to make it, you know, because as we're saying, we're always talking, oh, it's the runners that, you know, they can just rock on up. And because of what the tasks are, yep, they'll probably struggle on the monkey bars. Yep, they'll probably struggle with the the jerry can. And yep, they may struggle with carrying the um, sandbag up, jerry hill up and down. If you added another weighted type task, maybe it might have a few burpees, like the atlas stone, five burpees atlas stone for 10 metres or whatever, five burpees back again, something like that, Um, or a sleep drag or something that's more like more resistance. Um, I think that would be quite cool. And make the jerry can longer. You know, right. I remember right. There was a first I think there was the first thing I said to you last time, uh, last year, Max, was it said on the on the website that it was a five hundred meter jerry can carry. And so I specifically trained for that sort of shit. That's gonna be hard. Um, you know, because once your grip goes, you're gone. Um, and it was short, but I know why it was short because you know, there was like you know getting getting enough of jerry cans but then it was short again this year and i was like damn it i wish, wish that would have been a bit longer because i think that that would have made quite a big difference if it was actually 500 meters long and then the other thing i thought you know to make it less of a runner well not less of a runner's thing but maybe level it a wee bit is it's a 10k event but um i didn't do any penalty laps and my watch was just under 12ks for the for the yeah. event so those are kind of you know those are just you know there was it was awesome it was it's such a cool event but you're just sort of thinking you know you always got to think of ways to improve or add or um attract more
1: you people. know
6: different types of people to it and those were just some of the things that i thought of
1: yeah well the list the, the distance everyone brought that up and we uh, asked gavin and joss about it last night when we were chatting to them and they both had COVID just beforehand so they sent their fathers out to do it Oh, please. <laughs> and they actually expected it to be shorter, but oh. uh, they couldn't get around the mountain, so they measured it all with the tape measure somehow and measured it all and calculated oh. it, and that's how it got screwed up so far. Oh, <laughs> do they not have a GPS watch?
6: <laughs>
1: li- listen to Joss, Joss's explanation. It is quite funny. And oh, same well, with the water no, carriers.
6: Well, I can send them my GPS file if they want it. I'm more than happy to do that. <laughs>
1: I think they had all that, but they just overcomplicated it. Uh, but the water carry, too, uh, the drums were a lot fuller than they were supposed to be. They they filled them for them, and they were supposed to put 15 kilos in each or something, and when they turned up the next morning, they were chock-a-block full, so, so it's too late now. We just leave it as it is. Because
6: ah, they were square ones this year compared yeah. to the, which made a bit different,
1: too. But so which, which obstacle would you have uh, classed as the hardest?
6: well going into it i would have seen the monkey bars but i managed to nail it this year i don't know how because i hadn't done as much um training you know mm-hmm. i didn't do as much sort of specific training well i'll say specific but looking at obstacle type training um this year as i had last year but somehow I managed to nail it both times. And I think there's a video of me from my partner and there's just this look of shock on my face going, Oh my god, I actually did it. <laughs> and actually that's where that's where um at the end of the, the when we we're on the first lap, that's how I got into the front because I passed the other two girls on it, which again sort of floored me as well. So maybe that's not the hardest now. Um what's the hardest? None of them really. They're all just cool. Okay. they all cool. Oh, yeah, we
2: no, we we thought too, the monkey bars were
6: like, the I mean I would I'm surprised and made it well, you know that when you've, you've never been on a walk ball before and then you just instantly got up it but then maybe it's a lot shorter height wise than the ones that are in well um, uh, have you yeah it, it, if you think obstacle wise it's just it's, it's, it's hard when you're running hard yeah mm. whether you're running hard around the base or on the sand. That's the heart, but that's what's giving your heart rate up and making you go, shit, this is painful.
1: <laughs> well, the sand is like another obstacle really.
6: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're not kind of aware of it at the time, like you definitely uh when you're running on the sand, um, because it's soft it's soft, dry sand, but it is quite sort of lumpy. So your ankles are kind of going water. So you kinda of always, as you're running on it, always trying to find the the smooth well, say the smoothest part or the part that's not so much on a camber or not, or there's You know, tire marks or something through it. You're trying to find the least part with that. I'd say my ankle. You know, you talk about having tired feet, but I'd say my ankles were quite tired at the end of it.
1: Now, a lot of a lot of the other people we spoke to have said the the carry up Mount Drury was the hardest.
0: Oh, really? Because
1: it's just. just not you they're using muscles they don't normally use carrying
6: something around over your shoulder i like i like that one um but i do well i do a lot of very steep stair climbing and i've often done um for track maintenance Mm -hmm. carried stones and stuff that that part wasn't i wasn't worried about that what was cool though was this year um i was able to run the whole way up to the top and back both times Whereas i think last year we were all walking after about a third of the way up, but I was able to run. Whether <laughs> the run was faster than a walk, I can't say. But um, but that that particular track, um, maybe not so much when you're going up, but when you're coming down, is a bit hard because it's really cobbled. Um, that um, I don't know if you've been on Got it. Though. the stones. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, really, really tight. So you kind of you like you don't want to run down the middle of it, but that's a bit tough. But no, nah, that I like that one. It that, yeah, didn't that
2: doesn't faze me. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear. Your take on it compared to the other people. We've I mean, been I, talking have, with. I don't
6: know what many of the others are like, but I have done, you know, CrossFit type stuff in the past, and mm. you so, know.
2: So, what is your background? What
6: are from an athlete or work?
1: From an athlete, <laughs> from an athlete's oh. point of view, what uh, are?
6: So, I grew up playing. I've always done athletics. Always did athletics. Grew up with athletics, but grew up with netball competitively. But ankle injuries and just that kind of fell by the wayside at the end of high school. Really, first year of uni. But I've always kind of run and been and out doing outdoor stuff, mountain, you know, climbing mountains yeah. and bush trails and stuff. Um, but again, or oh, what was I said so around 2010 I got into where right, I want to try and smash some road stuff. So 2010 I did some nine-ten, did some reasonable training and um managed to do pretty well in the half marathon, um, and was national champ in 2010 a good decade and a bit before Lydia who won won it last year <laughs> so, uh, yeah and then I had I wasn't overly healthy though and I've had ham- hamstring problems for a long time so that kind of put that by the wayside and um, then with the work that I was doing physio type stuff was in a very exercise rehab focused movement pattern you've got to be strong so I'm quite yeah quite just, quite a few years doing that kind of stuff. Um, Body weight training as well. Zoo, Olympic lifting, all of that kind of stuff. But because I was doing it with work, he did it outside of work as well. But always did a bit of running as well. And then, um, yeah, and then kind of partnered as trail running. So do a lot, you know, we're just out doing that every weekend. It's like, right, what what, what track are we doing this weekend? That's just how the week works. (laughs) Yeah. You've
1: got some nice trails around where you are too. Yeah,
6: diverse ones too, which Mm. which is cool. We're on Saturday. We're still recovering from a trip to America. Um, partner did an ultra, so we're, and then got, we got COVID on the plane on the way back, so we're still kind of in recovery mode at the moment.
1: Yeah, I heard <laughs> you'd been over to the western states. Western states, 100.
6: yeah. Yeah, pretty cool event.
1: I was going to say, that would have been pretty cool. I love trail running. Right, races, it was
6: very hot. <laughs> ah. <laughs> like, ridiculously hot. It was about 30, I think, in the canyons where that was like, 38 39 degrees celsius
1: and it's dry but no
6: very cool event and how did he go he exceeded my expectations i was well not that i have expectations of him but he did really well we managed to get um under 24 hours for um you know trails that you don't know of and they're a lot steeper to the likes of and very rocky compared to tarawera
1: yep and (laughs) uh,
6: that, that really screwed the feet uh but yeah you got 23 hours 15 minutes or so so he got a silver buckle he was very happy okay yeah he's doing the wild um in december
1: which is oh is he you heard of it yeah yeah i love trail running i do a lot oh. of that as well not oh. quite those days i like the half marathons and that sort yeah. of stuff like tossing up whether i'll give the 50k uh Tarawira a go this year but oh. my body's getting too old for some of that stuff
6: <laughs> oh, hey, age is, age is not an excuse. Yeah, yeah. No desire. <laughs> it's the recovery to at
1: the end that's the problem. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
6: I have no desire to do 160k's in one go. Um, I'd hike it over a few days. But it's still cool, cool to be, you know, do the training, do some of the training, and you know, I did the pace, pace making stuff as well, which means I still get to do quite a lot of the trails that they're on. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anything else to comment on the, 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 uh, the event?
6: Um, Price-giving is always great. be great if they're really short, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah, just get it done and dusted. Don't run out. Let's
2: go. <clears throat> yeah. That, they that, they had a little done. bit more concise this year, I think. Yeah, it was and
6: better actually. than last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they can still work on reducing <clears> that <metal> even more. <laughs>
1: what did you do with your big check have you got that hidden away somewhere or is it on the lounge room mantelpiece oh, like my goodness. somebody has i'm
6: not going to believe what it is actually doing um see so we moved house and because we moved house our cat has to um be inside before we can leave them out so that's actually forming part of his walls around well. His litter.
1: <laughs> oh. oh well it's still being used
6: yeah. Yes. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And yeah. And after that, it will just yeah, it'll be banned. But yeah, it's a good thing. Um. So that that actually um, not necessarily the cheaper side, but um, I remember last year and what was called this year is we talked about the bands and recycling them. So it's fantastic this year that they did recycle those. Or we handed them back, and so they can yep. reuse them. That's really really cool. I'm gonna say it's it's completely individual, and this is m- only my personal um, thing. But um, and I know every event, you know, they always give out participation medals to everyone and medals to the elites. To me, per- you know, some people love having a medal. To me, it's nothing. It went, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's not something I keep. It's not something I want. So they kind of went in the bin as well. So and of course we got two. We got one when we finished, and then we got another one um, at the so I'm sort of thinking, uh, yeah, but but that's just me personally. I know a lot of people would absolutely hang them on the wall and go for it. Um, but, yeah, maybe we don't need
1: two. <laughs> okay. yeah. Oh, that's something yeah. we might bring up with them, because that was, yeah. I know yeah. one of the, the races I went to in Australia, you had the option you could tick a box and you didn't get a medal or a T-shirt, but they planted a tree for you. Your, that is, I think that's um, a
6: fantastic idea. And yep, so maybe that's about, something yeah, we can something throw to. Like that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, other than that, no, great work. I just I just hope they can get more, um obviously there's sometimes, you know, seeing that teams is awesome, it's great watching all of that. Um, but, yeah, it would be cool if, because obviously this year, like, like compared to last year, they weren't actually the same type of, I think i was there only maybe one or two who did the elite race last year that did it again this year? So why didn't the others? Um, obviously, we know Lydia doesn't live in New Zealand, but um, yeah. why did some of the others not? But, you know, that's all research
1: and good so, things take time. Are you going to do the next one in uh, in Auckland here?
6: In Oriwa? Yeah, that's the week before the wild, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I hope to. Again, it'll probably be a bit closer to the time because, I just you know, I like to be there the day before so that you can, you know, relax into it and, and not have to travel on the day that you race. You'll um, see. I hope to. I absolutely okay. well, hope
1: that- to. That'd be good to see you there because a lot of the others we've spoken to probably won't because it's the beginning of the triathlon season
7: yeah.
6: and it's the
1: beginning of the athletic yeah. season, and that's that's it's their there. go-to. So.
6: Yeah. Oh, sweet. Maybe I'll get first this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Step up to the top of the ladder.
6: No, no. Because, no, I do. I want to support it because, you know, they've got some great things behind them. Um, You know, they're pushing mental health as well. And for me, just to see people out there moving and doing something different, challenging themselves, getting outside of the box, working as a team. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's great.
2: Now that we've heard from some of the top athletes who destroyed the Ultimate Athlete course, uh, we now hear from the evil masterminds behind the whole event, uh, Gavin and Jocelyn,
1: the organisers hey of
2: guys. Ultimate
1: hey, Athlete. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. good. How are you guys? Really good. 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 Everything's packed away and ready to go to Ower. Is
8: it? <laughs> I think it's mostly packed away.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. I was asked the beach the other day. You haven't left anything on the beach, so you're right. Definitely with that.
7: nothing on the beach.
1: No. Yeah.
7: <laughs> nothing left on the beach. But um, yeah, that was a tough pack in and pack out. Actually, that last one. We did have a, a bit of bit of wear and tear and breakage and stuff from the weather, but yeah, nothing mm-hmm. major.
8: Everything we back
2: up to spec. come...
0: yeah yeah
2: Yeah. okay yeah the weather was intense it was quite strong winds i know you guys did have some damage there's and then the setup wasn't ideal a lot of the the tents and stuff couldn't be set up right
7: yeah yeah we definitely had some challenges with just things that could blow away easily all our inflatable stuff and all of the dressing the pretty stuff from around the athlete village but um it was actually the the obstacles and the whole course still ran really well considering the high wind so we're really stoked that the obstacles could um, operate safely which is it's great to know just going forward that we're we're capable of going ahead just minus a few inflatables and tents and things like that that might blow away
8: yeah wind's probably always going to be the biggest challenge for us Mm. like we can handle the rain but yeah wind is a real real
1: problem so yeah
8: knowing that we can
7: forge ahead even in really strong gusts yeah it's really good
1: but the times you've got for later in the year and the one for next year. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, April's usually a pretty good weather-wise in at the Mount. So yeah. yeah. It should be. Well, we've come, yeah, we've come a bit earlier.
7: Come forward a bit, just time. hoping to get a bit more of that end of that settled weather. Yeah, so hopefully it should be nice in April.
8: Yeah, I mean, it feels like the weather's been terrible since I've been athlete. That, <laughs> that weekend was like the start of it and it just hasn't stopped, eh? Hey? Yeah. Yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't have wanted to go any later, I don't think.
8: Yeah, so hopefully, no. yeah, hopefully coming coming a few weeks earlier next year means it'll be better weather. Yeah. Yeah, and were on the 3rd of December. Yeah, hopefully it's...
7: First weekend of summer. Hopefully we get hopefully the...
8: Hopefully it's nice
2: and sunny. The
7: perfection of a first summer weekend.
2: Yeah, we will. One of those things, too, with, I guess, doing outdoor sports events, I guess the weather would be a nightmare because I guess you guys could plan everything else and then... You can't control the weather and you just got to yeah
8: gotta
2: what happens and yeah yeah uh, i mean and being
8: that we're on we're always on on the beach and on the coast right i think you're always pretty vulnerable there yeah but yeah. So, yeah part of the fun
7: the surf club guys actually said that that w- they thought our event fared pretty well they've seen events you know with tents rolling down the beach and things blowing out to sea and just completely destroyed so we actually, I think our team did a really good job. And, oh, our
8: team did amazing, yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah, they had the Mount Monster, which they had real high winders as, as well. That's a surf life-saving event. And they had to um, bring in divers to pick up all the stuff that had blown out into the ocean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it have could have, have been
7: worse,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So from your perspective, how did it go? Did you get the participation you wanted or was it close or...?
7: Um, I think it was really good actually considering the um the climate with covid and all that sort of the adjustment period with covid. I think we did really good. Yeah. Obviously it slowed things down a little. You've got people that that are sort of obviously a little bit either sick or or trying not to get sick or got a you know another element to contend with but um I think generally it was it yeah. was pretty good. I mean
8: our numbers were about the same as what we got in 2021. Mm. Um So I think and a lot of other events in various different codes seem to be
4: down down with their
8: numbers. So for us to be the same, I think we can definitely take that as 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 growth for us. It's positive. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, I think you definitely could because I I can I must know 15, 20 people who were going to go, but either had got COVID or just got over COVID because there was like five of us down there that didn't compete. Because we were injured or had, co- had just got over COVID, so
7: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I think if you got close to your first year, I think you did you will do really well. And I yeah. think the, the weather
8: wasn't great in that week leading up, which I think does stop people signing up. Yeah, yes. went off, yeah, you know, that that week. I know when I used when I used to enter my triathlons, <laughs> I used to, always used to wait until there's a good forecast. So yeah. I would have definitely <laughs> been in that boat coming
1: out. Yeah. And did you get? So any good feedback or any feedback from the competitors on your secret obstacle? And
7: uh, Yeah, we actually, we, <laughs> we, the security guards, overnight security guards had told us that we ended up with um, some very nervous competitors showing up in the middle of the night to have a crack at the obstacle before. Really- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it, I think it was quite daunting for people seeing it on the Friday, which is, it's sort of what, why we didn't announce it because we didn't <coughs> want to put people off. But people off. It, it was definitely quite quite daunting to look at. But I think a lot of people were quite successful with it. So I'm
1: but not. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. do it. We've had a chat with most of the uh, elite winners, yeah. and they all went in saying that was the one that made them nervous. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: But and then we asked, well, which was the worst? The worst one after that? Could you pick which one they would pick as the worst? Sandbag. sandbag,
7: sandbag carrier. Yeah, yeah.
1: The sandbag or the water water yeah. drums were the two. The monkey bars, oh, I, nothing else in But because they don't do that.
8: Um, yeah, we, I've looked at a few a few people that did it. Their um their heart rates through the event, and once they get to the the sandbag, it just seems to like go through the roof, and then just not come back.
1: Not yeah, come yeah.
8: down. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I think if it if it stayed on the flat, they you know they might be able to, you know, control that heart rate, but I think, yeah, going going up there with a, with a sandbag is just a bit brutal. But <laughs>
7: yeah, we won't be at all the events, we won't always have the opportunity to have such an awesome little hill to climb. So, to climb, yeah. Oh, no.
8: yeah, we'll yeah. find a way
5: though.
8: <laughs> yeah, swimming <laughs> yeah. swim yeah. swimming out
1: to sea and around a boy back with oh, yeah, it.
8: There's, <laughs> a, there's a couple of little hills in the only way that we're,
1: <clears> uh,
8: we're uh, looking at using,
1: so yeah, yeah. 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 I was quite surprised when they all said that because being an <clears throat> obstacle racer, the sandbags just part of it. And then they, oh no, that was the worst thing. The monkey bars are easy. And the women have said that they've joined CrossFit, <laughs> uh, train a bit more for next year. Yeah.
9: yeah.
7: Because
1: I don't know how much you've spoken to them, but a lot of them aren't going to be able to do Oriwa. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know whether you've got that feedback or know why.
7: No, it's we pretty- haven't had to catch up with them yet.
1: It's, and a lot of people we've spoken to are going to miss it because it's the beginning of the triathlon season yeah. and the Olymp- uh, athletics season. I don't know whether that going forward, that's going to help uh, pay into you when you hold it, because um, a lot of them said, well, we're going to train all year. And then we start in November, mm-hmm. our leth- athletics season, and we can't go afford to get, especially ones with sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. So I might just
8: have to increase the prize money then, eh? <laughs> well, they all said that was really good.
1: Um, it's the highest paid sport of oh, athletics, one around, any anyway. rate. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah.
7: Hopefully, we can keep yeah some interest with with the elites and things. And it'll be a different different course, so um, definitely less of the sand, the soft sand running and things like that in Ottawa. So it'll be a bit different.
1: And they all love their big checks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> one of be. them who hasn't got one. Is it uh, Julian didn't get his? Somebody didn't get theirs. Uh, I don't think Michael Voss. Oh, Michael, was it? Michael had to go,
8: didn't he? So I don't think he got his big check.
7: Yeah, we do have one
8: big check. I don't think he'd want a second place one after
2: last year. (laughs) (laughs) We were asking them about their checks, (laughs) asking what they did with it. What did you do? Pretty amusing, their answers. (laughs) Some of them, like, didn't they? one of them kept it on his mantelpiece?
1: What? Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> someone
1: had it in the away. garage but i think they've they all kept them. Weird yeah. put it, but they all had it yeah oh that's, that's good.
7: awesome it'd be a hard thing to throw away i guess
8: yeah i know the teams love the big trophies yeah. Yeah.
7: yeah yeah it was a bit of a hit
8: yeah yeah so um yeah i know a lot of a lot of those big trophies were out in bars that night being filled with beers so yeah <laughs> that's kind of why we wanted wanted to have that design so yeah yeah that was pretty cool to see it was good yeah yeah and we are, I mean, we've definitely noticed a big increase in our team signups, like the 6K teams is, you know, like 30% of our total entrance, which is, yeah, the highest. So, yeah, definitely a lot of teams getting involved, which is great, you know. Yeah, that's
7: cool. That is good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Encouraging yeah. teams seems like the way to go. It's Obstacle racing is just suited for it, I think. Yeah. 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 Going out there with a group and helping each other and. Having fun. Absolutely. (laughs) Intimidating obstacles.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It gives, I guess you've got your strengths and weaknesses over your team, don't you? That you can sort of help each other and, yeah, it's good and just encourage each other and have a good time.
1: And I must admit, standing by the wall watching the teams come up and one person gets up and then helps all the others. And a lot of people commented how how good that was. Yeah. It made it so that everyone could get over it. Yeah. It's
7: cool to watch too, eh? I think it it is. Yeah. Yeah, really, it's really neat. And especially, I think, you know, at the moment, all the stress and all that sort of thing, and then you see everybody helping each other, and even just individuals. Like, somebody would get up, someone would give them a hand, and then they'd stand there and help the next person that needed a hand, you know, sort of pay it forward before they carried on, which was so cool to see. Really cool. We'd love to have more obstacles that require that kind of teamwork, actually.
2: I think Um, the wall, perfect, like, hit it out of the park. It was a really good balance between like individuals being able to make it up and then people yep. requiring teamwork it seemed to work perfectly like it and i think it really intimidating as well just the, the height yeah. of having it in that festival area where you can see it yeah. before you start running um, yeah, but yeah. it's quite, quite grippy actually so it's good it's not yeah. super hard and you had some people making it some people you know taking multiple attempts and then some people doing teamwork and yeah i think the whole balance overall was was really good
8: there's a bit of a hot hot topic really like deciding what the actual height would be.
7: Yeah.
8: And we could have we could have been about half a meter higher for a for a while there, but I think that would have been
7: <laughs> I think you nailed it. I
1: think so, I think you you really nailed it because it was it, it intimidated a lot of people. At the beginning, that's what everyone was talking about. Everyone was worried about. <laughs> um and then so many people I remember because I spent my host most of the day standing at the bottom of it and, Oh yeah. Uh, everybody was getting excited when they got to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
7: that's awesome right. That's that's, yeah. that's the whole thing is like being a bit nervous about something but then feeling really awesome because you've managed to achieve it and yeah.
8: yeah and, really and this cool. this seeing the different methods that people used, you know, especially with like the soft sand run up. Yeah. And definitely yep. like like the the shorter faster run-up seemed to, seem to be more effective, you know, instead of, like, starting your sprint, like, 50 metres out, you're you slowing
1: down by the time you get there. Because I think that's what Julian said when we were talking to him. He said he took off when he came out of those little crawling space and oh, took wow. off, and by the time he got there, he could hardly breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the second time around, fast. he didn't have to do it. it they're
8: probably moving fast. fast enough at their normal pace anyway.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
8: yeah. Just a couple of yes. extra steps, and they should be up.
7: I think it was a common mistake though because definitely you could see the people that, that went from further out had a harder time actually getting up the wall than people who just stepped back a little bit from it and then just took a run up they seemed to yeah. do better the grip was good on it we had a bit of a shower the next day and i had a go at it before we took it down and it was not very grippy with a little bit of rain on it so <laughs> it could be a interesting one to watch if we get rain at any of the future events
1: yeah just more, just need more teamwork to get up it. Yeah,
7: yeah.
1: So, Arewa's all sorted, you've got no issue, no issues up there, everything's going ahead full plan? At this stage, everything's looking really good, yeah,
7: everything's pretty Yeah, that's pretty really, really good, we've got some,
8: some um, really exciting things to come into, into the Athletes' Village this time, but, but uh, we can't really carry really too much about, but um, yeah, they should be all, all locked in soon and new sponsors and stuff so there'll be some exciting things things to come and yeah i really like that course i reckon it's going to be super fun yeah. But yeah it should be it should be pretty quick i reckon so is, is there
1: going to be a, a not a long run but a run similar length to around the mount or is it all going to be the whole um, short course and long course going to be pretty much all obstacles
8: the course that's that's online there is going to be going to be a a slight change to that And, and most of them are pretty well spaced out over the course so there's not a real long run section we will have the three kilometer distance there as well and then we'll have the the 6k and then the 10k is looking like it will be a two lap loop similar to the to the mount which I think really helps with like that spectator Oh, yeah. engagement and you know people seeing what's seeing what's happening
7: mm. yeah i think the mount's always going to be a little bit um unique because of that base track run yeah um, we couldn't not use it you know if, if we we're allowed to use it it's such a stunning run so we always wanted to be able to use that you just can't put any obstacles on it in an ideal world would have obstacles sort of spread out over the course so that it keeps people engaged and it keeps it interesting so but I mean, you can't get bored on that base track either. Running around that, it's pretty stunning.
1: No, it is. It's pretty.
7: Certainly is. Yeah. So yeah, odie was yeah a little bit different, but it should be interesting. I think will be interesting if we if we get any of those elites back to see how they go on a different course. Yeah.
8: Mm. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a lot yeah a lot less soft sand running just with how the tides are. Yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, we will run in that like that window of. Low tide, so a lot of the obstacles will go out as the tide allows. So
7: it's going to be an interesting setup. <laughs> 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 quick, quick, now, now, now. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Um, so, so
2: yeah. that? you guys are needing to, because at the moment the mount's pretty spaced out throughout the main Saturday. Is Oriba, it's, it's going to be tight? It's the tide. tidal,
7: it's tidal it's, there. So, depending, we have to run um, a couple of hours either side of the tide yeah the low tide so basically yeah we, we don't have enough space on the beach otherwise because it comes up so high well
1: that'll and slow the elites down if you start them at high tide yeah yeah <laughs> <the knee-deep, laughs> no actually you've got too many triathletes they'll so be just as good at that
7: yeah they'll be good at that yeah <laughs> yeah we might have to get a few surf lifeguards out there
1: eh? yeah yeah knee deep water would make it interesting wouldn't it
7: it would yeah i've said that we can put least- the obstacles out just make sure they're the heavy ones that won't like float away
1: no, <laughs> At least they won't <laughs> complain about soft sand if they're knee-deep
8: in water. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
7: <laughs> we'll just tell people point. there's
8: no soft sand but we won't tell them about all the water.
7: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hard enough. it's just knee-deep water. It's all
8: right. Yeah, there's a, few sec- quite good. <laughs> there's a few sections there that are on soft sand. So that's, you know, we'll set up some of our bigger obstacles that take a bit of time to put up on those sections. And then some of the smaller, lighter stuff will, will go out on low tide. Yeah, and then, yeah, there's a, a real mixture of terrains out the back there there's some yeah a few little trails and as you come back into like the athletes village there's a real nice sort of grass section in front of the like the oriwa holiday park holiday park yeah yeah and it's probably if we can if we can get it to work out that the warped wall will be the last obstacle
1: oh okay yeah if we can make it fit nice good that certainly is a good spectator one that's for sure yeah It
7: is, yeah we'd love we'd love more like that ideally to get to keep growing that kind of spectator obstacle and the teamwork and all that sort of stuff that's on it would be it'd be great. It'd
2: be cool to see the setup take place in a new location too. Now yeah. that we've seen it happen in the mount two years and just see how the how the course plays out and be exciting. But yeah, but yeah, looking overseas, like taking, you know, being um what's the term? Not not stealing, but <laughs> being inspired by some of the top obstacles from overseas races i think would be good like like the warped wall there's a few races that use variations on warped walls yeah but yeah definitely yeah, you guys should take a look at what's overseas and see what works well and yeah bring your version of it to new zealand would be awesome
7: yeah, yeah. we definitely want to keep doing that we've got a couple up our sleeves that we're really dying to do and yeah, there's there's some it's there's some exciting ones we've got up our sleeve. We've basically just got a little um book of ideas at the moment of things that we want to do. So it's just when it works out and yeah, sometimes sponsors like Red Bull want to come on board and do something with us that fits their branding or that they like. And that that just means we can kind of grow our obstacles and yeah, if we keep getting those sorts of obstacles that get a good attention, like on social media and things like that, then that's the kind of obstacle that sponsors want to jump on board with jump and with. things. So, yeah. yeah. So that'll keep growing, I'm sure.
8: Yeah. I think the, the unique thing for us is because we're public place event, everything has to be like easily put together and be able to go together quick and come down and be stored and then be, be able to move. You know, we haven't got the, the luxury of just having, you know, like a permanent location that we can take two months to build an obstacle on site. So everything has to be able to be you know quickly moves around
1: packed um, up quickly. between low tide
8: yeah 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 <laughs> and that <laughs> yeah 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 but, but um we work with a really good engineering team at asset engineering so um yeah they're pretty they're pretty switched on dudes so mm. and you know they had a lot to do with the walk wall design and yeah they did a really good job
7: he's always pushing our uh, the lead designer um, rob he's always pushing for bigger Harder, tougher. He's a bit of a, a, um, a tough nut, so he's always like he wanted like an extra half a meter on the warped wall. It was big debate. <laughs> Come on, there's a reason. There's a, you know normal human beings that are gonna do it, Rob. He's the man responsible for the nine. Is it the nine meter long monkey bars as well with the up and the t-
8: up and down? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Six six yeah. meters was the brief, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he got an extra three meters in on that one. Yeah,
7: just
1: added three meters in the middle, just a bit higher. Yeah, yeah. got a yeah.
7: Rob from asset. <laughs> yeah, he'll keep the challenges coming. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so 2023, are we going to see another race anywhere else, or too too early to say?
7: Too um, early to say at the moment. We've got we've got other we've got another destination that we're really keen on. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just timing for that really, just seeing how everything goes with events and of course COVID and things like that and just yeah making the right timing calls are pretty important at the moment especially for new events I think well, we've, got, we've got something well, on the
8: cards. We'll make yeah we'll probably make that announcement after Oriwa mm.
2: yeah
8: yeah if if we do get to that third location then it'll be pretty exciting we are also at we've got a short course event at Ames games
1: oh so that is going ahead yeah oh, yeah. yeah
8: yeah so we're there on the the seventh and eighth of September and that's that will be open to adults and kids. So we're setting up a 150-meter course with 12 of our obstacles. That will be free for anybody that's that's already registered, or, or anybody that registers between now and then will be able to get three attempts through the course to set a time. So we'll have it laser time. So if people want to come down and try out the some it's of
7: the To have a go at the obstacles, yeah.
1: And whereabouts is?
7: So this will be at Coronation Park in Mount Mountjoy. So, I mean, it's Ames Week, Ames Games Week that week. So yep. um, there'll be a lot of athletes and in, in the area for for Ames Games, but we do have, yeah, a, in a place that's that's accessible for everyone. So, mm. um, yeah, we're hope yeah. we're hoping to get anyone that's interested in coming along and just you know, upskilling ahead of one of the next events to come along and have a go. Yeah, we might get some CrossFitters and things that like the shorter distance and.
8: Yeah, we will have some. We will have some times as well that will be just for adults, so they're not always getting swamped by by kids. So we'll um yeah we'll confirm the the details soon. So that's something that we'll be announcing think, shortly. Yeah. So yeah. um yeah that should be it should be fun and there's I mean Ames Games is sold out this year, so there's eleven thousand kids gonna be in in town competing in you know all sorts of sports so. Be a great opportunity for them to to try something different and to to try OCR. So yeah, Mm.
2: that should be exciting. Yeah, it is going to be exciting. It's it's cool. It's happening. I've heard a little bit about it from you guys, but it's cool. It is all going ahead and very exciting. I'm just thinking. What sorry, what were you saying about people who register? They can run it for free. What were you meaning by that? Yeah,
7: so if you're signed up for OD or the mount, um, you can come down and we'll treat it like a training day, basically. So you can come down and have a crack at the short course which is 12 of the ob- it's not all of the obstacles it's just some of them so but it just gives you an opportunity to kind of have a go at some of the obstacles ahead of it or have a have a obstacle training day really yeah ahead of ori we all them out
8: i mean i think for us you know the biggest the biggest battle is you know education and sort of telling you know people learning what ocr is everyone knows what a ten is run entails but when you you know talk about obstacle course racing they're not really sure what that is a lot of people think that oh that's too hard for me yeah um you know so something like this you know giving people the opportunity to be able to come down and just you know just give it a try I think will be really good
7: yeah yeah and if we get anyone um that comes down and it's it's going to be thirty nine ninety five for for adults to try it, but if they come down and have a go at that one and decide they want to sign up, we're going to give them that off their entry fee. So either way, it ends up being free for them if they sign up on the day to one of the events as well. So, okay. Yeah, it just it just gives us a little bit of a intro to people that are a little bit on the fence or not sure that they're able to do the obstacles. It gives them the opportunity to sort of get involved and figure that out.
2: And even people I think who ran previous race who want more practice at the monkey bars or yeah. like uh or oh the net the net flip <laughs> oh,
8: yeah i had
0: a go. The... <laughs> Yeah, I did it <laughs> oh nice
8: <laughs> yep, so the, Mon- no the, the monkey bars and the a-frame cargo will both be there so
7: yeah yeah we won't be having the warped wall at this one because it's um red bull and that's r18 and we've got all the games games kids running through it so um, the watch wall won't be at this one, but um, yeah, we'll, we will have the. A
2: lot of the other stuff will be.
8: Mm.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, when I was up at the race with you guys too, I had to go at that flip, at the pro flip over the net, because um, I'd seen I'd seen videos of athletes doing it, but again, it's like I never had a net to practice it.
7: That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was quite
2: excited to go on the beach and give it a jam, and it's, it's not as scary as it looks
7: no it gave me a little bit of an adrenaline rush because i wasn't but it's more just the like not knowing how you're gonna flip over the other side yeah. and if you've got your grip right on the yeah. you know how you're gonna land but you actually it's actually not so bad once you've done it it's
8: well it's i mean not if not you bad. go up the top and you straddle the top you're actually much higher eh?
7: yeah true yeah
8: you're probably in a quite vulnerable position up there yeah
7: yeah <laughs> <It's higher. laughs>
8: you can go either way eh? yeah yeah so i don't know never tried it myself so
7: yeah, about that one we just wait till everyone goes home and then play on the obstacles. Yeah,
2: yeah I've never tried <laughs> that, that is a good one for people looking to get more obstacle proficient. Yeah, because uh, it, it saves a lot of time. Like, I was uh, when Spartan was last year in New Zealand, I ran the elite race, and their the, the net was one of the first obstacles. So, all the elites sort of hit it about the same time. You see the guys, all the, the men and women who did that flip, and then they took off. You know a number of meters ahead to seeing the amount of time it's saved if if you're running competitive um, yeah it's definitely one of those yeah, needed techniques to give you a other... little extra push um yeah. so an event like that at the Ames games gives you know people wanting to up their obstacle proficiency and and like yeah. you're saying gives new people a chance to try out the obstacles yeah. and see what they're about
7: that's another thing we're going to do is um anybody that's running wanting to run sort of training challenges and things like that any trainers or pts or coaches that are wanting to run challenges extend them an invite to to be able to come and have a go at the obstacles and work out some best technique and things like that so that they can pass that knowledge on to their members and clients and things yeah so not just upskilling everybody that's interested in competing but also upskilling the trainers and coaches and and obstacles basically and just just Mm -hmm. letting them sort of have a go at it all and know what it's all about would be really cool
2: mm. Mm, that'd be good and just things like avoiding injury as well like uh <laughs> you know, monkey bars like not not locking out and hanging off your ligaments <laughs> you know just keeping like yeah. a little bit of tension and little things like that where it's um i, I guess i've probably read that somewhere online from obstacle racing but getting yeah. the, the trainers aware of things like that just to avoid injuries and in their clients by injuring shoulders and
7: We'd love to do we're going to do some some really good social media content and content for like our um emails and things that go out just tips and tricks like that just for yeah, around safety and <clears throat> this technique and
8: yeah
7: um we're, we're going to do that at the same setup because we'll have time to sort of get some coaches and trainers sort of working on that and and film some stuff and pop it out for everybody that's coming along to an event that's interested. that so should be good
8: yeah we had the addition of the bell at the end of the bars this time as well eh? yeah
7: yeah which is
8: cool It's only because we lost the steps at that'm gonna be the other end <laughs>
2: <laughs>
8: <laughs> quick imp- improvisation yeah oh, the bell works really well
2: it does, yeah uh, I then. actually like it
8: it's, yeah. yeah it makes for a real quick quick dismount right and you sort of can you can keep that momentum
2: yeah so if you time it right you could technically like, hit it mid-air. Like, like, let go, hit it on the way down. Yeah, yeah
7: a lot of people did do that. Yeah, flip yeah. it
2: on the way through. Flip it.
7: Yeah. Yeah, it's a jumper.
1: Paul, well, do you guys want to throw anything else out there or we'll, we'll wrap this up? Yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing is our
8: pricing tiers change come 1st of September. So Mount Early Bird prices are on sale until the 1st of September. Then we go up to Tier 2. And then for, for Oriwa tier two ends on the 1st of 1st of september so um yeah get in and sign up before those days and um yeah if you're around the mount on the the sixth, uh Seven. sorry the 7th and 8th of um september yeah come and come and join us at coronation park and yeah have a have a little crack at
1: the the course yeah i've had a look on your site for a while but do you have a where you can sign up for both is there a discount if you signed up for O'Reira and the mount next year or you haven't Not
7: yet, but that's a really good idea. We should do that. Yeah, we'll be keen to do um, offer a discount for both. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
1: All righty. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank thank you. you both. So that's the UA team. Some of the winners, some of the second place and third place males and females. We hope you had a enjoyable listen and got a lot out of it. We enjoyed recording it. Gavin and Joss have always got a lot to say on obstacle sports and where they're going and uh, hopefully people will support them and go to the events
2: yeah so check out ariwa ultimate athlete ariwa and ultimate athlete at the Ames games coming up and just for one final time i'd like to say thank you to airshots our sponsor for sponsoring us over the past few episodes make sure you go along to their website and use our discount code NZOCR. ocr this is your last chance to use it So if you want to pick up some air shots now with a discount, go along and do that now. Follow
1: us on Instagram and Facebook. And we'll add the social media links for all the people who have just been on the course to our show notes as well. Thank you very much.
2: But wait, don't turn it off just yet. There's a little bit more to go in this episode. Uh, A very special, very long one-year anniversary podcast episode. If you've been listening to us for a few episodes now, you would have heard us interviewing James Balbooth, who is the CEO and founder of Airshots. For the past two episodes, we've been playing parts one and two of the interview with him. And now we're gonna listen to part three, the third and final part of our interview with James from Airshots. So to catch you guys up, um, Airshots are a sponsor of a New Zealand company Which is awesome and they have invented wireless magnetic earphones which stay in your ear for active activities perfect for things like obstacle race training so now we're going to listen to the third part and hear a bit about the company and their journey about inventing this amazing obviously you guys are based in new zealand is it for sale overseas is it staying to get picked up over there so so we,
9: we started selling the product in so I actually I so all up until this January 2020, I had a day job as well as working on this as a like a side hustle. I quit my day job in January 2020 and then I saw out my leave. And obviously we were in February 2020 and then COVID hit. So that was super scary for my family and I, because I got two kids and then I had another kid due in April. And so my poor wife at the time was freaking out because, you know, I just left a secure income to, to work at Airshots full time, this pipe dream, you know, that she... So I was, I was working out of my baby girl's room at the time. It was just soon to be born. And, um, yeah, we started selling online and we weren't quite sure exactly what was going to happen. But um, touch wood, you know, we continue to, to, to do okay. But we've been shipping internationally from New Zealand for the last two years and selling to anyone who's interested so we've got customers all over the place but predominantly we sell in uh, Australia, New Zealand and we've just set up a warehouse like a, a thr- distribution center in California so that's where we were a couple of weeks ago and we were at we went to a big mountain biking show called the Sea Otter Classic and then i've got a few guys who've been helping me out and they were at the big Sur marathon in california just this I was weekend so
1: you're at a marathon too recently I saw yeah. on
9: instagram some photos of I yeah a
4: marathon,
9: yeah yeah so um we've got a, few, <clears throat> got a few guys up there helping us and and the product's selling well up there too so that that's it's resonating with people and once they try it and they and they realize it ain't gonna hurt their you know hurt their ears then they seem to be pretty excited by it which is cool
1: They're not manufactured here in New Zealand. You're manufactured overseas, I take it? Yep, they're manufactured in Shenzhen in China. China.
9: Which, so I've been up there. I was very, very fortunate. I started traveling up there. So November 2017, um, I knew that we had a concept. So my first trip up to China was um, probably about March 2018. And I'd actually met a manufacturer through... Kind of a like a new zealand government organization that helps companies establish manufacturing and so i went up there and it was very fortunate to meet a, a a manufacturer that i've now been working with for gosh what is it now four years four or five years really lovely chinese guy who owns it and um yeah they've been brilliant absolutely brilliant to deal with you know we we until COVID we'd got there every kind of three or four months man i wouldn't be here where i am without them they've been you know really really helpful and really good to work with and very loyal
2: so you guys have got the new version i haven't tried that yet i've had some of the old version but what's the what are the differences in the new version so i guess the first thing we did um well
9: one of the things we always do i'll always do is listen to customers and listen to feedback so after we got the first version out you know we had a, a a good dialogue with customers about the things that we you know we could improve and so we looked hard at a whole lot of things so first thing was audio quality needed to make you know a lot of people were seeking an improved audio experience so we looked hard at that connectivity so the thing about true wireless true wireless which is where you've got you know no cords there's no cords in between the two earbuds and then there's no cord in the phone is your connectivity performance is dictated by your antenna. So you design a antenna in the earbuds. And a lot of uh, earphones will use what's called a chip antenna, which is just like a piece, a component. You just can buy it like you can buy a, a button or, you know, it's just a component. So um, we only, in the first version of the product, we had a chip antenna and it was suboptimal um, for a really good experience. So we invested in a custom antenna which is where you basically you kind of design the pattern the pattern the signal pattern that you want to emit from your, your phones and because we wanted you know in our situation a lot of antenna design people will just grab a phone they'll put it on the table and then they'll just tune an antenna but you know for us that wasn't good enough so we had to you know get a whole lot of gps watches and and map the pattern of how we needed the signal to leave the earshots. shots a whole lot of range of movements and phones and pockets and watches and arm movement and all these things. So we put a lot into that antenna design so that we could get, you know, really high speed, um, high quality streaming. And then we looked at our durability around our construction, our mechanical constructin- construction, making sure it was more waterproof, better durability. You know, we used a new, got a new processor in the product, which means the power management is a lot better. So we get like to 10 hours battery life we we looked at everything really, um you know, and we prioritized some things over others, but you know we just wanted to make the product a whole give our customers a, a better experience again on top of what they already had. And we'll continue to do that too. So it's I think it's in our ethos to always look at how we can make our product and what we're doing for our customers better. And then what I hope is that, We'll do that by staying close to the people who really use our product. You know, like not people who sit at a desk and just test it, but people who are out there running or riding or you know doing you know training for things like what you guys do. And so, yeah, we're pretty committed to that.
2: No, brilliant. I definitely use them, and so you guys sponsored the Tough Guy and Girl event actually last year. Was it? Yes, possibly. Before? Yeah, I think Chanel had organised that. Yep. Yeah, and I, I purchased some from her there oh wow yeah awesome used them and they were good um i actually lost them as well just completely lost the whole case fallen out of my my pocket or my backpack at some point and then yeah purchased a new pair because I, I used yep. them so much yep um so i definitely recommend them if anyone wants to pick them up the one thing i did want to ask you about is my only downside with them is there's no volume control so you have to like pull out your cell phone out of yep. your pocket to adjust it is that something you've looked into or something that's potentially coming
9: it is yeah yeah you're not you are um yes it is something that we are aware of and something that we are looking to figure out how to solve in a really good cool way so you are one of many that have mentioned that to us uh, and it's something we know we need to solve so it's on the list uh touchwood we we you know we get through you know we continue to grow and that'll be something that we'll look to Remedy uh, as soon as we can. It's one of those things, you know, like with with designing products, you've always got this balance between delivering everything that you know you need to, but also being on a timeline and trying to figure out what you know within that timeline and the the resource constraints that you have, because developing products like this is not it's quite resource hungry, (laughs) and so you know you're always making trade offs when you need to get things out the ship things out the door that. Fortunately, some things get dropped, but it's absolutely something that's on our list.
2: No, yeah, it's cool to hear. It's yeah. not a major thing, as well. I mean, you can just pull your phone out of your pocket and adjust it. But yeah, it's one of those little things that. I mean, it's
9: definitely high on the list. It's high. I shouldn't just say it's on the list. It's high on the list.
1: Um, I, I've got two quick questions. Yeah. How did you go in your T forty two that you were training for when you came up with this design? Oh gosh, um,
9: I did. Not as well as I had hoped. I had so you
1: were doing the distance doing both.
9: The running component, I did. I think I can remember rolling my ankle about five times, um, and so that was super frustrating. Um, but yeah, I've never. That's a, that's something I need to remedy. You know, it's been so it was so full on getting. I was saying to someone the other day that the it's been all consuming this journey of you know going from hey I'm gonna when I switched out of hey I'm not gonna did the race and then I was like oh I'm gonna solve this problem that I haven't actually done I have hardly done any events since and I was saying to my wife I really want to get back into it um, because I miss it but it's just been so consuming getting this business going that it's you know come at a cost of other things unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it's one of the ones on my list. I just haven't got around to doing it. COVID injuries. Yeah. And this year, I've just got so many rolled over from last year. I just thought, oh, well, next year's another year. Probably.
9: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going up to the, I'm actually on the stand. I'm going up to in a couple of weeks, I think not this weekend, but next weekend nice. I'm up there. So that'll be, that'll be good.
1: No, it's yeah. a lovely part of the country. I've done the GOAT a few times. I don't know if you know that
4: one.
9: Yeah, I know the GOAT. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've done a that a few times. I love
1: that. I used to run with. They,
9: they all, they're still going. And yeah, good mate of mine, Sam. He, he does the GOAT most years. And yeah, that's a great event that's on my list. I'd love to do that.
1: So your wife was annoyed with you losing the mortgage at the beginning. She's talking to you now, I take it especially if you've got another child turn up since then. So. She's
9: still supportive. I have to thank her a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's she's given up a lot so that we... Sorry, she's given up a lot. Let me put that in context. She's. We've had to say no to a lot of things that, you know, we may have done over the last seven or eight years so that, you know, I could do this. Um. So I'm very, very fortunate that she's hung in and supported you know the journey so yeah she's still you know we're still uh, touch wood going strong but you know at some point she's looking forward to hopefully <laughs> um we have a we've got it so i've got quite a big family well, i've got i've got three kids now and we drive this you know toyota corolla fielder with roof racks on it and it's you know crammed in i got one son that's 11 and i got two And we're like, he's cramming into the middle between these two car seats and, um, you know, but it's, you know, because of all of our resource, extra resource we've had, we've put into the business. Things like driving a car that actually fits three kids in the back seat just hasn't come as a priority. Um, But, you know, who knows what happens.
1: Oh, well, you've got a good product. There's Certainly, I think uh, it's only up from here.
9: Hopefully. Yep. No, it's, um, so far it's been good. And, um, you know, we'll just keep our heads down. Just, I mean, again, I just use the athlete analogy. You just put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving forward and, you know, and, and see, it's only when you look back at
2: some point that you realize how far you've come. Yeah. It's an awesome product for my use of it. Yeah. Um, It's cool to
9: appreciate that feedback.
2: Cool to hear from you as well. Get you on the podcast, learn about yourself and, um, the Kiwi ingenuity story behind designing it. Yep yeah thank you number
1: eight wire mentality
9: it's uh it it can be done it's all about your top two inches and then what you're willing again this is the athlete analogy you know what you're willing to give up to uh to make it happen